Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us. She writes greetings from Paradise. It is July the 27th, and on this day in 1974, the House Judiciary Committee recommended that the America's 37th president, Richard Bill Hells Nixon, be impeached and removed from office. The impeachment proceedings resulted from a series of political scandals involving the Nixon administration that came to be collectively known as Watergate, the Watergate scandal. You ever noticed that everything since then has been something gate? <laughs> the Watergate scandal first came to light following a break-in on June the 17th, 1972, at the Democratic Party's national headquarters in Watergate Apartment Hotel Complex in Washington, D.C. A group of men linked to the White House were later arrested and charged with the crime. Nixon denied any involvement with the break-in, but several of his staff members were eventually implicated in an illegal cover-up and forced to resign. Subsequent government investigation revealed dirty tricks, political campaigning by the committee to re-elect the president, along with a White House enemies list. In July 1973, one of Nixon's former staff members revealed the existence of a secretly taped conversation between the president and his aides. Nixon initially refused to release the tapes on the grounds of executive privilege and national security, but a a judge later ordered the president to turn them over. The White House provided some, but not all, of the tapes, including one from which uh, a portion of the conversation appeared to have been erased. In May 1974, the House Judiciary Committee began formal impeachment hearings against Nixon. On July the 27th of the year, uh, that year, the first article of impeachment against the president was passed. Two more articles for abuse of power and contempt of Congress were approved on July 29th and 30th. On August the 5th, Nixon complied with the U.S. Supreme Court ruling requiring that he provide transcripts of the missing tapes, and the new evidence clearly implicated him in a cover-up at the Watergate break-in. Say that again, water break break-in, gate break-in. On November, uh, August the 8th, Nixon announced his resi- resignation, becoming the first president in U.S. history to voluntarily leave office. After parting the uh, White House on August the 9th, Nixon was succeeded by Vice President Gerald Ford, who, in a controversial move, pardoned Nixon on September the 8th, 1974, making it impossible for the former president to be prosecuted for any crimes he may have committed while in office. Only three presidents in U.S. history have been impeached, Andrew Johnson in 1868, Bill Clinton in 1998, and Donald Trump in 2019 and 2021. Wow. Impeachment. Well, it's a necessary thing to have in the Constitution. Very vague, and therefore it can be used for political purposes, as we saw with Trump. Democrats are worried about winning the 2022 midterm elections after Republican state legislatures reformed 30 election integrity laws in 18 states and additional legislation may be coming. CEO of the Stacey Abrams-founded New Georgia Project told Politico, if there isn't a way for us to repeat what happened in November 2020, we are, he used a different word, but I'll say screwed. 
Latosha Brown, co-founder of Black, Life, uh, Black Voters Matter, told Politico uh, that hope is quickly turning into frustration. She then asked, when in the hell are those who claim that they are committed to democracy going to show up and protect those that protect democracy? What hypocrisy. Hmm. Along with a multitude of states that have successfully passed new election integrity measures, such as voting ID and early voting requirements, more than 400 bills with election integrity provisions have been introduced in 49 states in the 2021 legislative sessions. Other states with pending legislative sessions, such as California, Massachusetts, Michigan, North Carolina, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Maine, still have election integrity measures waiting to be passed. The Republicans' successful approach has caused President Joe Biden and his congressional allies to push legislation to federalize state and local elections, putting more power in Washington via wrestling control from local communities where accountability is the greatest. But Senate Republicans defeated Biden's so-called For the People Act by a filibuster in June. The defeat has thrown the battle over election integrity back to the states where it belongs when where the restrictions advanced by Republicans affect so many facets of voting that Democrats cannot agree on which provisions are the most problematic. Uh, Democrat chaos has resulted in smiling, maskless Texas House Democrats on a plane fleeing Texas to stunt election integrity efforts in the state, which would have placed additional restrictions on voting by mail, creating new ID requirements, and expanding the freedoms for partisan poll watchers. As soon as they come back to the state of Texas, they will be arrested. They will be convened inside of the Texas Capitol until they get the job done, said Greg Abbott, the uh, governor. Texas Democrats were out of moves, and the only thing they could do is deny quorum, which will take their families and leave the state in the middle of the night. <clears throat> That's the kind of response to leadership that most of the moment requires, and I'm waiting for the administration to match the energy of state and local Democrats across the country who are fighting these fights. Wow. So it's so interesting. They really have stymied the federal attempts to take over elections, which would make them all Democrat victories all the time. Hey, there's more. This is kind of interesting. I found this in uh, actually the uh, Gateway Pundit. Georgia's corrupt Secretary of State Raffensperger, his corrupt CFO Sterling, and his corrupt Deputy S uh, Secretary of State Fuchs were upset about Democrat election wins in Georgia. They weren't upset about it. They wanted it that way. Instead, they slandered President Trump for calling out obvious fraud in their state. I reported the Georgia record this weekend uncovered that many connections between the top Republicans in Georgia were connected to a firm that groomed Democrats for Republican jobs. No wonder these individuals did all they could to prevent President Trump from winning the election. Mark Roundtree is president of Landmark Communications, which he founded in 1991. Campaigns and Elections Magazine has, has recognized Mark as one of Georgia's top five influencers, as well as the go-to man for GOP legislative candidates. Unfortunately, Landmark has a history of helping Democrats get elected, running against Republicans. This phenomenon may have been contributed to the absolute cesspool of corruption in the Peachtree State when it comes to the performance of Republican officials during the 2020 election cycle. Some of these candidates have uh, ties to the Chinese Communist Party. And we believe, that being the Gateway Pundit, they have a concerted effort among Democrat operatives to do just that, infiltrate the GOP and run progressives as Republicans who are lying about their beliefs and views on the issues. All of the information below is from publicly available information. So interesting. If that's true, it certainly makes sense. 
you can understand that why the uh, Republicans are being obstreperous and supportive of the election results. But uh, slowly but surely, this the uh, onion is being peeled and the truth is being revealed. Democrats in the media are uh, hammering red state voters, especially in the South, for falling behind in vaccinations. They can accuse conservatives who are re- resisting getting vaccinated as science deniers, anti-vaxxers who apparently, uh, are apparently the new deplorables. What the media doesn't report is that according to a Kaiser Family Foundation study as of July 19, 2001, across 40 states, the percent of white people who received at least, that should be 2021, they, uh, <clears throat> uh, received at least one COVID shot is 48%, while roughly 1.3 times higher than the rate for black people at 36%, and 1.2 times higher than the rate for Hispanic people at 41%. But it's true that many working-class conservatives are suspect uh, suspect of the vaccine that Biden is badgering them to take. Political reported on Sunday that in Alabama, Louisiana, partisan opposition to the vaccine is surging. Many Trump supporters are turning down the vaccine because, as Politico put it, they are sick of Democrats who think they know what's best. Of course, who isn't? Now, uh, let's not forget that uh, where the skepticism for the safety of the vaccine started, we picked up some of the choice quotes from prominent Democrats last year who during Operation Warp Speed about trusting vaccines. Remember these? New York Governor Cuomo last September called for an independent review of the safety of the vaccine. Frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion on vaccine. I wouldn't recommend New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion. Joe Biden said, let me be clear. I trust vaccines. I trust scientists, but I don't trust Donald Trump. At this moment, the American people can either scientific breakthroughs don't care about calendars any more than the virus does. They certainly don't adhere to election cycles and their timing, their approval and distribution should never, ever be distorted by political considerations. That from President Trump. And then Kamala Harris in the vice presidential debate said, I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump, and it would have to be a credible source of information that talks about the efficacy and the reliability of whatever he's talking about. Governor uh, of Washington, Jay Inslee, in September 2020, when asked if he would support the Operation Warp Speed, said, of course, I'd follow science. It doesn't matter when it happens. I would have to take a look at the science, not Donald Trump. There isn't one single thing I would ever trust from Donald Trump. Our advice to Biden and the CDC, if you want to get more people vaccinated, stop the sanctimony about following the science and the constant threats of new lockdowns or mandates. So well said. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and building a performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's all very exciting. I hope you'll visit the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I understand that you, the uh, Sheriff's Association is in town. You had a chance to meet with them. Uh, yes, the, uh, their annual meeting uh, this year, they graced <laughs> Naples. Um, and so I had the opportunity to uh, speak with uh, the, a number of them yesterday. And uh, I think the governor's going to speak with them today. Uh, President Simpson was there yesterday. And, you know, there was just a, there's just such dedicated hardworking uh, men and women, and uh, it was such a privilege to, to uh, speak with them. And um, one, of the, one of the topics of discussion was what was going on at the border. And, and, you know, you hear anecdotally, but when you hear it from the people that are in the trenches, that uh, um, a, a huge percentage of people coming across the border are coming to Florida. And basically, they're just coming in droves and not... There's no no stopping, nothing, and they don't know who they are, where they're com- where they're, you know, where they're coming. Well, I guess they know where they're coming from, but what their background is, they do closely background checks and send them on their way. And uh, they've also seized uh, all kinds of drugs and other things at the border. So it's really probably even worse than what's being reported in the news. Yeah, that's so interesting. And. Uh 
do we have any information, for example, of where these people are brought to Florida? I mean, if they're bring, coming into Florida, are they going to certain cities? or and, and what's Well, that, that's the thing. What happens when they get to the border, they, the question they're asked is, um, do you, where do you plan on going? And they, they'll say, well, we have family in Florida or something like that, but there's no checking on that. So it's just they're being told to say something. So they're they're coming in, and I, I think they're going to be spread throughout the state as they come in. Some of them do have family, or they have contacts. So I would say we're probably going to get a lot in Miami Dade, Broward, Hillsboro, um, Jacksonville, uh, those areas. Um, we may get a number of them coming to Immokalee to get jobs. Uh, you know, we just don't know, mm-hmm. and we don't have. We don't know what their background is. So this is more than a humanitarian-type crisis. This is uh, people just coming in by the thousands um, to our to our uh, state. Yeah, it's kind of scary stuff. I, I, I would imagine when school opens, we'll get a pretty good uh, barometer of well, what's going on because the kids, I'm sure, are going to be showing up for school. They have to go to school, yeah. Well, and also, um, <clears throat> COVID is running rampant at the border, and... So these immigrants are coming in with COVID, bringing it into our country, and so they're they're also uh, going to have to be treated at the hospital. So you know that's going to be another issue that we're going to have to address. Uh, you know, not just letting them in, but treating them and providing providing health care, providing sustenance. It's uh, I think it's it's a huge issue. I would imagine the sheriffs are probably feeling a little frustrated and angry, too, at this administration for just allowing this to happen and facilitating, you know, creating a problem that this, this injury here is self-inflicted. Right. Um, no question. You, you, could, you could feel the concern. Um, and, you know, the sheriffs around the state are not all conservative Republicans. Right. They're law enforcement uh, people, whether they're uh, conservative or liberal or whatever, their number one priority is law enforcement, and they they don't have the tools to manage this influx of, of so many people. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, COVID, and of course we're seeing this Delta variant uh, raise its ugly head right now. And just uh, from a, as a, an elected official, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts right now? Well, um, I had a, a, a interesting. I had a conversation earlier this week with our Surgeon General Scott Ritchie, and you know, basically what he said was, nine, I think it was ninety-five or ninety-seven percent of the uh, people who are contracting COVID are unvaccinated. Um, so that's not so much of a problem. In, in other words, people who are vaccinated generally don't won't contract it. And what he also said is. The people who were who were vaccinated, they did get it, and there are a percentage that do uh, get it. They don't get as sick. They don't have to go to the hospital. So the takeaway, of course, from that is, if you haven't been vaccinated and you get COVID, you're more likely to go to the hospital. The, the and 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 but the the furthest issue is not just go to the hospital where you can be taken care of, etc. But they do not know the long term effects of COVID. We'll never know that for years. Right. We know long-term effects. If you have a serious case of the flu, you may even end up going to the hospital, but the flu doesn't leave you with all these respiratory and other problems. So those people who don't get vaccinated are not only um, careless about others around them, but their future health, if they get it, 
and have what might have some long-term effects, which will affect their lifestyle forever. Yeah, but there's still the unknown about the effect of the long-term effect of the vaccine itself. Well, you know what? I, I tend to believe that one of the reasons it takes forever and ever and ever to approve any kind of drug is because they, they just do so much over-testing and over-trials. In this case, they did it quickly. They have the science. Um, I was comfortable taking the vaccine. Um, I think those who, who don't, it's, it's a risk that they, but here's what I would say. If you don't want to have the vaccine because you're concerned about the long-term effects, don't do it, but then wear a mask. Because what's happening is, unfortunately, people are lying. They are saying, and I hear, I mean, I've heard people say it, um, oh, yeah, I've been vaccinated when they haven't. Yeah. So, if you, you know, you just have to think about, I get it, and I don't have a problem with people's concern. I don't have a concern, but I, I get others that do. If you do, then don't then don't impose yourself on others. Yeah. And that's really the problem. Um, because if you do get it, you can give it to somebody else. Even if you get it and you don't have symptoms, the person you give it to might. That's right. <laughs> you know, so you have two people that say, I don't want to get the vaccine. That's fine. But one of them gets sick or one of them gets COVID, maybe not gets sick, and gives it to the other person who doesn't want to get the vaccine and who gets really sick and goes to the hospital. And here's the other thing. We're paying for it. We are all paying for the hospital care because most people, I mean, unless they have some really robust insurance, this costs so much yeah, money. Yeah, the, the One of the problems is the backdrop of this whole situation is a lot of misinformation, to use a word, but there's so much conflicting information about, about uh, what's going on. I heard a statistic that 47% of the people who've been hospitalized have already been vaccinated because of COVID. That's not true. That's not true. It's um, most of the hospitalizations. Um, I, I mean, I, this is what the Surgeon General told me. I, I've got to believe him over random conversations. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, in I, the 90s, I, I thought it was a pretty credible news source, but, I, you know. Yeah, well. The point is, rather than uh, ad hominem attacks on the Surgeon General, the point is that there's just a lot of conflicting information, so a lot of people are scratching their heads saying, what do I believe? I mean, what, who should I believe? It's, it's even, a different... even the governor, is uh, he's pretty emphatic, get the vaccine. Yeah. Because if, if, if it gets uh, where it is, I mean, Florida basically has, is the epicenter right now, and hopefully we're we're going to be in a position by the end of the summer it will have um, run its course and, and left the state. But in the meantime, we've got hospitals that are, are full of Jacksonville that don't have any room. Yeah. Um, and, and somebody is getting COVID and giving it to others. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. Kathleen Pasadoma, again, our state <laughs> senator. I genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. I've give, I gave people a lot to think about. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortson. It's time to find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show and the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now it's time to find out what's new with Boo up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo Mortensen, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, and the Olympics are going on. Are you, has it stopped you in your tracks? Boo, you know what? I haven't, uh, I don't even have an interest in seeing the Olympics for some reason. I, I literally, uh, no, I'm not, I haven't uh, turned it on once. Although you I know, did. I haven't either, and that's so unlike me because I love, in past Olympics, I love it. I love watching it. I love the pomp and circumstance, the yeah. opening, the closing, <clears throat> the background about the athletes. And I think you're right. I think that they have this, how they've overblown this thing with COVID and, and uh, politicized it. It's like, I don't care. Yeah. Well, w- one turn off for me, of course, it's uh, at strange hours because of Japanese time and they're you know, uh, the events are happening at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So that's one thing. But the other thing is that uh, this, you know, our soccer team taking a knee, uh, the uh, uh, shot put with well, a woman who was going to throw the shot put came in third in the trials. Uh, she's uh, said she doesn't know if she'll take a knee. They, to me, this just stuff turns me off. I, it just mutes my interest. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> So you talk about the gold medals and the silver medals, and I thought, well, are they really gold? The last time 
a gold medal was composed of pure gold was in 1912. Wow. So today, the medals for the Olympics in Tokyo were made from 80,000 tons of recycled electronics. Is that right? What an interesting uh, thought. 80, first of all, the, 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 how many medals do they, <laughs> do they make? That's a lot of medals, a lot of stuff. A lot, yeah. Uh, I don't know, 80,000 tons of recycled electronics. So that means if a, so if you, if a gold medal weighs 556 grams and say they would want to make a gold medal today, it would cost close to $32,000 per medal. Per medal, yeah. Well, it's just, yep. it's, that's pretty amazing, uh, Boo, but I can't imagine 80 tons of stuff to, to make the medals for the Olympics. I wonder how many medals actually are given out during the course of the two weeks. It'd be interesting to see. Um, do you know that three modern Olympics were canceled? Flat out canceled, not postponed, but canceled. No, I didn't know that. Due to World War One, and two during World War Two. Huh. 1940, 1945. I did not know that. That's interesting. So yeah. uh, I know that the uh, Olympics were held uh, in Germany during the, I guess it was preceding the First World War, probably in the, in the 30s. That was when Jesse Owens won the yes. gold medal and met right. the Fuhrer himself, as I recall. Right. Um, only two people, two have ever won gold medals during the summer and winter. One was a guy from uh, Sweden who won figure skating in the summer and uh, in boxing later on. Wow, that is a feat. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another. And then, um, uh, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, athletes in the uh, ancient Olympics competed in the nude. Is that right? That gets your attention. Well, <laughs> it certainly does. So I guess they, uh, well, that's kind of interesting. Moving on. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to say. And then the last one is, the first Olympic drug suspension did not occur until 1968, and it wasn't for drugs. It was for alcohol. Really? Yeah. That's that's also interesting. You know, uh, yeah. sp speaking of athletes, I don't know if you're following baseball at all, but this guy Otani, uh, he is, I don't know if he's Korean or Japanese. I think he's probably, I'm not sure, so I won't say. But he is pitching lights out. He's throwing, in other words, he's a pitcher, and he's leading the league in home runs. He's batting. He's playing both sides. He's playing both on offense oh and defense. Isn't that amazing? Yes. It is so what amazing. A, what a talented guy. Yeah. Babe Ruth, of course, started as a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox and ended up uh, pl uh, playing the outfield, I guess it was. But uh, So he had the capacity to do both, and he was a darn good pitcher, by the way. But this guy, Otani, is just a, a human phenom. It's just unbelievable what he can do, and he's such a nice person, he's so well-mannered, so polite such a good teammate it's it's really exciting to see he's playing for the california angels oh he is well los angeles so who's your team of choice this year 
Well, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. We lived in uh, Boston for eight years, and if you live in Boston, if you're a sports fan at all, it's very difficult to not become a, a, a Boston fan, both in football and football. Hockey, what a big deal that is in Boston. Of course, baseball. Oh, yeah. Boston Bruins, yeah. And, and basketball as well. Well, uh, how come baseball's not in the Olympics? You know, uh, it, I think it's, it's, it's going to be, isn't it? Or uh, There's talk of it anyhow. I know that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think that they introduced, didn't they introduce a new sport this year, like skateboarding or, or no, skateboarding's always been at rollerblading. I don't know. There's another new sport there. But wouldn't you think baseball would be a given? I well, mean, golf is there. Golf is basketball. there, yeah. Basketball. Yeah, basketball. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know why. That's that's kind of an interesting interesting idea. I'd like to, I'd love to see baseball in the Olympics, <laughs> although I'm not watching it. I don't know why I'd want that, but in any event, uh, it's so interesting, Boo. So, any other good scoop? Well, the other thing is, you know, you wonder about now it's hurricane season, right? Yeah. In the tropics, so you know they come up with all these names. So I thought, huh? How do they come up with the names? Well, they have a program on how they do it. They come the uh, the uh, hurricane names are one of come from one of six rosters. Each roster has twenty one names, and the roster rotates annually. So this year's selections will next occur in twenty twenty seven. And if tropical storm gets a name, when the wind speed exceeds um, thirty nine miles an hour, uh-huh. wind speeds exceed thirty nine miles an hour. Why do we have names? They say they gave them names because it's easier to communicate with the public about the storm if they give it a name. So out of curiosity, I would imagine they retire a name once it becomes a hurricane. No, they only retire names of storms if they are particularly destructive. Ah. If they're very destructive, then they get ditched afterward. Like um, Katrina. Yeah. Remember that one? Okay, that was the one that uh, went after uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, Bahamas in Florida. And I think there were a couple others. But if they, they're retired if they cause extensive, extensive damage and death. How about Irma? Irma get retired? I think Irma. They didn't say that. Huh. Well, what's, uh, that's such interesting information. So the, did you say they rotated every five years? Every seven years. Every mm-hmm. seven years. Boo. Learning something all the time. <laughs> I genuinely I know. Pre- I appreciate your commentary here on the, show, on the show so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you bet. My uh, pleasure. All right. Have a good day, Boo. All right, coming up, Seton Motley. He's the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees. I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. 
Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889. That's 598-3889. Or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more and download the app uh, by going to choicesocial.us at the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. It exists to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of the government, and very little else does. Yeah, <laughs> it's an aspiration. It's a big market. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Seton, you wrote a great column. This is so interesting. Big media's mass focus on the wrong half of a D.C. lobby fight. That's so ironic and interesting. Tell us about it. Well, you know, <laughs> at least it leaps out to me, and it's, it left out to like Rush Limbaugh and stuff, the, the, the messaging uh, coordination and uh, whether it's coordinated or it's just it has to be coordinated there's no way a story this specific accidentally gets mass reported but uh, there was a study by uh, two left-wing groups that came out and said that the internet service providers the big lobby the big uh, telecom companies spent $320,000 a day lobbying during the 116th Congress. And for people who don't know, 116th Congress was 2019-2020. Yeah. And I said, okay. And the first thing I thought of was, well, first of all, the big telcos, they keep trying to call them big telcos, but their, their policy fights in D.C., what they're lobbying for is diametrically opposed to what big tech wants in many circumstances on many issues. Hmm. Uh, one example being net neutrality. Uh, net neutrality is government mandate. Well, it does a bunch of stupid things. One of them is it mandates, it, it outlaws ISPs charging big tech for the bandwidth they use. Hmm. So what they're lobbying for, in a sense, is more cronyism. They're trying to say, you and I have to pay more for our internet connection so Google doesn't have to pay any. So Netflix doesn't have to pay any. 
That's one of the things net neutrality does. And the premise of the story was Trump removed net neutrality because of all this lobby money that the Internet service providers spent. And I, I was like, well, they're, so I, I listed the market caps, and of course the market caps change from day to day, of the top five Internet service providers in the country and the top five big tech companies, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, Amazon, and um, I forget the fifth off the top of my head. Um, Twitter? And, uh, oh, and uh, Google, oh, Alphabet, Google. Yeah. Uh, Google created its own parent company, Alphabet. And the five biggest ISPs combined are worth less than Facebook, the smallest of the five big tech companies. Yeah. So this narrative that the big evil telcos, okay, what about big tech, which could buy the, the five big tel- uh, ISPs out of, out of their petty cash drawer? I mean, it's absurd, this narrative, this, bi- this evil big ISP narrative. And then, I, you know, the first thing I thought of, well, well if you're going to look at the lobby money ISPs spent, wouldn't it occur to you to look at the lobby money big tech spend? Because they're, the, they're fighting each other in this lobby fight. So I did it. And I used the exact same website the two leftist groups used to look up the ISP lobbying money. It's, it's a website called Open Secrets. It's very good. It's, it's just it's straight data, unless they're lying about the data. You know, it, you know, The only thing that could be wrong on the website is if they're adding up the numbers and lying about them on the website. Other than right. that, it's, it's very straightforward. It's, it's political contributions and lobbying money spent, and all they're doing is looking at all the filings of all the companies and adding them up and putting them on the website. It's a very useful website. Well, it took me two minutes to look up the, the five big, big, uh, big tech companies. Uh, something none of the media did, and if, the math was the the five big ISPs spent about 150 million dollars uh, in the 116th Congress. Big tech spent almost 200 million. Yeah, so 50 percent more. And for some reason, the Facebook data didn't include political contributions. Hmm. Uh, so it was bigger than 200 million. It was something larger, most of the, the average political contributions in that cycle of the other four big tech companies was about $20 million. Right, and you know so the that would be another $20 million, but let's just leave it out. Yeah. Even without that in the mix, that's still 25% more than big, the, the big ISP spent. Yeah. So if you're going to write a story about the evil influence of the lobby money and the political contributions that big the, the, the ISPs spent, wouldn't it occur to you to look at the other side of the of the fight? You know, the, the, this is who they're fighting against, yeah. and the companies are exponentially larger, and they spent more money. Yeah, isn't it interesting how it, it, the point? One of the points that you're, you're making here is not only the point about uh, uh, the. Uh, Taking sides with big tech versus uh, the ISPs or the uh, internet providers, but the, the, it's also the story about how news gets written and the fact that, that there are no lies in the story that they wrote. It's just they left out the most important part, which is basically. Right. The, I worked at the Media Research Center for two and a half years, and uh, <coughs> uh, what was his name? Brett Baker is the guy that co-founded it with Brent Bozell, and he wrote like the eight types of media bias. 
And I've always thought the most pernicious is the the omission bias. Right. What you don't tell people. Right. Um, you know, we're still myopically fixated on the January 6th parade through Capitol Hill where nothing was broken and nothing was taken. And we've ignored a year and a half of the tens of billions of dollars of damage done by leftist rioters throughout the country. Exactly. But no, we're going to have a hearing on January 6th. I know. And not on any of the thousands of leftist riots we've had in the last year and a half. And so yeah, it's, it's the, 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 they're not lying. They're reporting the report. But the report, like the reporting, is one-sided. Yeah. It's looking at one side, blowing it up and saying, this is really important. This is why Donald Trump got rid of Net Neutrality. No, Donald got Trump got... One of the, speaking of <laughs> lies, I was debating the head of the Sunlight Foundation, which is another left-wing group that wants as much... Report, they, they, in the name of transparency, they want us to report all our spending to government. And, of course, I said on the air, just debating them off the top of my head, we want transparency from government, not transparency to government. Right. That's a, that's... And, and <laughs> this, you know, this... this myopic demand to, to, to report all our political spending to the people we're trying to elect or unelect seems to me a little self-defeating. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like um, all these campaign finance laws. You have people who are in the job writing laws to make sure no one can take their job. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, Seton, uh, Naples Daily News this morning uh, said I, I read the, the the number of people in the hospital hospitalized because of COVID nineteen is four times. It's jumped four times. We're now the epicenter of of uh, in the United States of you know. There's no supporting data. I mean, four times that you can actually have one patient to have now. Have you, you want you want to know my favorite big lie? Yeah. That they've been telling about the of the the latest wave. Ninety nine percent of the hospitalizations are amongst the unvaccinated. You know they're counting hospitalizations going all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, I always appreciate your comment. We didn't, have a, we didn't have a vaccine for the first, you know, 14 months of the pandemic. I know. It's absurd. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I really appreciate your commentary. You can go to lessgovernment.org to uh, see his column. And sign up for his, uh, day. I guess you have newsletters that you're sending out as well. Oh, well you, get a, you get an email every time I write something, and unlike Google and Facebook, we don't lease your data. All right. See, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with uh, my wife, Linda. We're going to be talking about what's happening around the world and right here in Naples. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. 
have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity, maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for, your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs, and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840. Or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us the lovely Linda Harden, my wife, Linda. She writes uh, Greetings from Paradise. So it's a favorite of many people right here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning to you. And uh, I forgot what we we're going to talk about. Well, we, there's there's just so much. I mean, we could jump all over the place. But like we were talking before we came on, um, I just want to encourage your listeners about uh, Steve Bannon and the excellent job he's doing on his War Room Pandemic show. I mean, it is just people, there are so many people that have got on board with this um, this program. It's just must-see TV. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Bannon's show goes from uh, 10 until 12 in the morning? It goes, it goes six, it's six days a week. It, it goes from 10 a.m. to, to 12 p.m., uh, six days a week, and then five days a week, uh, there's another show at 5 p.m., each, uh, five days, five a week. days a week. Yeah, it is so informative and so interesting. Uh, Raheem, uh, Raheem Kassam is, is on. Is on. He's the the guy that writes the na- the National Pulse. Uh, he has, which, uh, by the way, he and 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 his um and his cohort Natalie Winters have just boxed Fauci into a corner with everything that they have come up with about uh, Fauci's background, the gain of function, all that stuff. Their reporting is incredible. Yeah, so I think uh, the main message here is if you haven't uh, seen, uh, and it just shows up, what, what is the news? Well, it's, it's much like your show, honey. It's, it, you can watch it live streaming on Real America's Voice. Real America's Voice. So Real America's Voice, it's an app. You can go on, you can, you can um, get his show live, but you can also watch it streaming and you can also watch it later yeah. at, at wherever it's got it's it's uh uh documented by episodes yeah you can go to uh, warroom.org as well if, if you know what i i would i wonder if you could just share the link on your on your show with you know on your yeah i could do that in fact that's a, that's a good idea main point though is it's a great source of information it's information that you're not getting elsewhere and uh very credible he doesn't uh Pull any punches. He's well, and he broadcasts. It, it goes to all over the world. I mean, he's got he's got it on. It's going to to China. It's 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 broadcast in Mandarin. It's it's all over the world. Right. And he's got over seventy million downloads to his show. And the people that have watched it. I mean, Raheem Kassam said the other day he was he was out in California, and people are coming up to him saying, 
We watch you on the room, war room all the time. We just love, we're part of the posse. It's part of the, so cool. And, and, and by the way, that's where I learned about this, the professor's record. The, this, um, uh, no, I can't think of his last name, but uh, Seth uh, Ketchell is one of the guys. But this professor's record is starting, is blossoming into this huge, uh, watching the audits yeah. in, in every state. It's just amazing. So there's been 175,000 people that have signed up on this website uh, that have petitioned for a audit in their state for the election results. Well, it's, and it's on, it's on Telegram, the social media site. And if you go to, the profess- if you go to Telegram, on the App Store, get the app, go on and, and, uh, and type in the professor's record. You can see it. But, but to your point about the 175,000 people who are, who are logged on, which are probably more since yesterday. Right. But when he, st- when he was first on Steve Bannon's show, um, they had 10,000. And with the next show he did, it was 20,000. Mm-hmm. And as of the report yesterday, and this has been, uh, I think it's been a week, maybe 10 days since since this, uh, the professor's record was on uh, Bannon's show, it's, it's just exploded into 175,000 people. And you log on for your state. If you get on Telegram and you, and you go on the professor's record, you'll see every state is represented. Yeah. And you log on to your state and you get information about how you can participate in pushing the audits for, for the election of um, uh, November 3rd, 2020. It's absolutely amazing. They say that they have enough information between this, this uh, day of the professor's record and Seth Ketchell that they can overturn five Senate seats. Five. One in Michigan, two in Georgia, one in New Mexico, and one somewhere else. I can't remember. But that's pretty amazing. It is amazing indeed. So, I mean, this guy is an attorney. He says he's been a... He's, uh, operated with uh, less information in court, uh, information that will convict somebody than than he has on these elections. So it's pretty exciting. The work that's being done. The point is that there's a, a a lot of activity. It's not just talk. It's encouraging people to do stuff. So again, War Room, Steve Bannon's War Room is is a is a great thing to to see. So uh, any update on the audits or, or what's happening? Well, they're exploding. I mean, uh, Georgia, um, not Georgia, uh, well, Georgia's exploding. There's another lawsuit filed again today. And what you've already mentioned on your show with Raffensperger and all that corruption going on with, with their, their grooming um, Democrats to run as Republicans. Um, I don't know if, if you mentioned this, but on Saturday at Turning Point where Trump spoke, there was this woman in Arizona who was running for the Secretary of State, and she was speaking at Turning Point, and she is one of the ones who's tried to stifle these audits. Yeah. Okay, so she gets up to speak, and, and for those people who say nothing is happening, oh my goodness, there's so much happening. The audience at that Turning Point, uh, there was five, six, seven thousand people in that auditorium, by the way, and, and it was, there were so many more outside that wanted to get in to see Trump. But this woman, gets up to try and, and um, sling her argument about how she should be the next Secretary of State, she couldn't even get five words out. They booed her off the, the stage. stage. That's exactly. And it was, if you listen to the, uh, you can find it on social media, but if you watch it, she, you, you, she can't be heard. She finally walked off the stage in a, in a frump, and then, and then 
when the, this Jordan from the Gateway Pundit was trying to interview her afterwards saying, do you realize why you were booed off the stage? She had him arrested <laughs> for trying to interview her. The, the, the outpouring of the American people, the outrage of the American people of what's been happening between the pandemic and the election fraud is overwhelming. And to get back to Steve Bannon's show for just a minute, when he and Boris Epstein, who's, who's always reporting on these um, audits, audits and yeah. whatever, and, and they say, look, look, um, to, the, to the war room posse, we need to get notice to these uh, state legislators that subpoenas need to be sent out to get these audits going. I'm telling you, they've shut down um, state, representatives in, in, state representatives in Pennsylvania. They've just overwhelm their their email address their phones the war room posse is huge yeah and so these these uh, audits are moving forward wisconsin now is in play uh wisconsin is now going for a full forensic audit which is just amazing that john james is going to end up becoming the united well, states senator that's michigan but M michigan but, yeah, yeah that's that's michigan but but that's heading forward they found in pennsylvania over four hundred and thirty six thousand votes that are Bogus. Bogus. Yeah. So much corruption. And so, it's so just, just to the people out there, and I get a lot of emails saying, oh, Linda, you know, what's going on? It seems like nothing's happening. Oh, my goodness. There is so much going on. And the mainstream, that's, oh, by the way, that's why all this Delta crap going on about the, about the coronavirus is going on. To your point where you're talking to Seton Motley, um, the, the, anybody who's, uh, hospitalized by this uh, Delta variant is they have a sneeze. It's nothing, and they, they probably have something else. And again, they're they're yeah. they're coding it as as Delta variants. It's so corrupt. Absolutely, Linda. I always appreciate your commentary. We're done oh yeah, I'm, I'm so so sorry. We have so much to talk about. So little time so to do it. Can you post warroom.org on your on your? I will so do it. People can. Uh, I yeah. will do it. Okay. Thank Thanks you. so much for joining us. Yep. He does a great job. <laughs> well, that's a wrap here on today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to visit with Bob Levy. He's the chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll continue our conversation about the differences uh, and juxtaposition between uh, conservative and uh, progressive judges on the Supreme Court. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston and author of 10 books. His latest is What Makes Humans Truly Exceptional. Uh, I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.